and their message and their song. And I must confess, I love that song because I, I can identify. Um, oftentimes we feel like there's really nothing we can do for God. And, um, but we can always praise Him. And uh, we can always cry out to Him. The message this morning is one of comfort. It's one of encouragement. It's one that I uh, am in going to enjoy preaching. I'll just be honest with you. And the title of the message is Once for All. Once for All. Would you stand with me, please? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18, as we read. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them. Then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Father, we ask you to bless the reading of your word, and we stand before you guilty as charged. But based on your precious blood, Jesus, that you shed for us, we stand before you perfected, perfected in position. And Father, for that we are so grateful. Lord, I know that there's a lot going wrong in this world. 
But Lord, right now, calm our hearts. Give us a peace that passes all understanding. Let us rest in you this morning. May we truly know and understand that we have been made perfected forever because of the finished work you did on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to articulate this message. I ask you for strength. For Lord, I can't do this without you. I desperately need you. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There are certain things the law cannot do. I don't know about you, but if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, I'm sure that occasionally the thought enters your mind or perhaps your past and what you have done. Perhaps those sins that you have committed that no one else knows about seem to refester themselves and come up in our minds. That is not the work of the Lord. That is the work of Satan. The devil's a liar. And he wants you constantly thinking that God cannot forgive you of what you've done. He wants you constantly thinking that God cannot save you eternally. He wants you depending on your sacrifices and your offerings for you to have eternal life. Because he knows that it's not by works, but if he can keep you bound by works, then you will not rest in the finished work of Christ. The law was weak. Our text says in verse 1 that the law having a shadow of good things to come. The shadow is not the person. Someone whose shadow box has never been, as bad as a fighter they are, has never been knocked out by a shadow. Now we know some people that perhaps could be knocked out by a shadow, but it's not possible. Because a shadow is just a reflection. It's not real. It's a symbol. And he is saying that the law was just a symbol, a symbolic of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. It's just casting a shadow. It's not the real thing. And he says that these sacrifices, these <clears throat> this law, could never, with these offerings and these sacrifices that had to be done continually, year by year, they could never make anyone perfect. They could not change you. The law could not keep you from continuing to sin. The law could not forgive you of your sins. That's why they continually had to offer them up. The law could not make anyone perfect. The law has never saved anyone. Never. Verse 2 it says, For then would they not have ceased to be offered if the law could have made someone perfect and they offered that sacrifice and that sacrifice could make them perfect in the eyes of God, then why did they have to keep doing it? They had to keep doing it because it couldn't. It was a continual thing. It was just an appeasement. 
But it did something even more dire than that. For worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But look in verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. Now, why is this highlighted? This is highlighted because once you come to faith in Christ, you will not find in any of the epistles in the New Testament anywhere where we are called to regurgitate our sins, where we are reminded of our sins. Nowhere. But the person who went in the temple was constantly reminded every time they went in the temple of their sin, not their Savior. When the religion that has a confessional booth and someone goes in the confessional and they confess all their sins for the week, they are constantly reminded of those sins. And I will tell you this. It's interesting, the human mind. We know, and we've talked about it before, if you tell a kid, don't do this, that kid is going to do it. They're going to do it. You know it. And it's like they didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. And once you pointed it out, now they're fixated on it, right? Some years ago, we had some people working with our youth and constantly was on about clothing and girls and sex and all this. And I was like, look, you got to stop, man. You're, you're creating more of an interest in them than you are a holiness. Suffice to say what the Bible says and move on. When you constantly regurgitate that, you're building in the mind that I can never be free of this. I can never be free of this. Every time they went into the temple, the thought was, another day, another lamb, another sin, I can never be free from the power of this. And some would have to say there's not enough lambs for all the sin I've committed. And then he states the obvious. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Now here it is. Those sacrifices did not have the ability to take away sins. But... Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God, that what? Taketh away the sins. Sins. In contrast to the law and its inability is God's ability. God's ability. Look at verse 5. Therefore... When he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. God was not desiring of all the death of all those animals. It was just a shadow of things to come for the real blood that was to be shed, the blood of Jesus Christ. And he didn't delight in those things. That was not his desire. But a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. You had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice an offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. 
He takes away the first that he may establish the second. The first covenant for the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So what the law was unable to do, Christ did. Jesus Christ did. Notice he came, first of all, to do the will of the Father. Jesus was very clear when he was on the earth. He was about the will of the Father. What was the will of the Father? The will of the Father was for him to come and die in our place, a substitutionary atonement on the cross of Calvary, so that you and I, through faith, could have a relationship with God, be redeemed, be forgiven, be saved forever. That's why he came. Don't get me wrong here. He did not come to heal the sick. He healed the sick to prove who he was. He came to heal us of our most dire condition, and that is the condition of being lost, sinners, bound for hell. That's why He came. Secondly, He offered Himself. No one took His life. He was clear. He told Pilate that. No one takes His life. He voluntarily laid it down. Some people say, well, preacher, you have no idea what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. He voluntarily died for you. He knows what you've done. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. He knows everything. And he knew everything you would ever do, and he was willing to die for you. He offered himself once for all. One sacrifice for sins forever. Forever. Notice he says in verse 11, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly same sacrifices, which can never take away sins but the very next verse is but but this man Jesus now listen to me this man Jesus after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever every sin there is no sin that is outside the scope of his death there is no sin that his death cannot take away There's none. He offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. We taught you earlier in Hebrews, that's because the work is finished. He could sit down because he don't have to stand up every time you sin and sacrifice every time you sin. And if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ and you fall into sin, listen, you're not losing your salvation. The work is finished. You might lose some of your fellowship with the Lord, until he brings you back through discipline. But I'm telling you this, you do not lose your salvation. Because if you did lose your salvation and you could lose your salvation, that means that his death was not sufficient and he would have to die every time you sin. And that did not happen because he died once for all for sins forever. That's what the Bible says. Forever. Forever. As a matter of fact, all of your sins when he died hadn't been Hadn't uh, happened yet. You hadn't committed those sins yet when he died on the cross. But yet he knew you would, and he died for all those sins forever. Forever. Church, listen to me. This is why the gospel is so important. This is why we must declare the glorious gospel, teach sinners that they're lost, and they're dying, and they're undone, and they can do all these things. They can make all these sacrifices. They can make all these offerings. But if they do not 
If they have not been born again, if they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's all for nothing. All it does is remind you of your sin. That's it. Notice what he says in verse 13. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, in the providence of God and his plan, he's sitting there waiting until he returns. Verse 14, for by one offering, now listen to this, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Those who are set apart. Let me just tell you this. I want to say this. When I came down here, this area has a lot of different denominations. I'm sure there are back home but most of the denominations I were associated with wasn't this way. But when I came down here and we started to preach, we had that little television thing where we did it on the, the Portsmouth television, did that broadcast and stuff. I started getting all kinds of stuff from people in the community talking about us because we believed in eternal security. And, and they began to talk about us, and they began to say, you guys preach, you can live whatever you want, do whatever you want, and still be saved. And I said, you go listen to any of our recordings. No one from this pulpit has ever, ever, ever said that. Even before I came, no one's ever said that. But the fact of the matter is, when you read the Scripture, it comes down to what God says versus how you feel and what you've been taught in whatever denomination. And I will tell you this. When it comes down to what I feel versus what the Word of God says, I'm wrong. Because it's always what God's Word says. Now, for by one offering, that's His death, He has perfected forever. There's no provision in the Scripture for one who has been perfected, made complete, saved, to be made unperfected. Not one. Not one. Well, we all know people who grew up in the church and they, uh, you know, they, they were doing all this. They were serving the Lord and blah, blah, blah. They were doing all this stuff and then they just denied it all. Well, let me just tell you this. If they were born again, if they were truly born again, they wouldn't have done that. As a matter of fact, John says they went out from us, but they were not among us. Had they been among us, they would have stayed, but they went out to prove that they were not part of us. Now, that's hard to handle. But now, let me just tell you this. There has also been, there have been. I can take you, and I can tell you someone right now. My dad knows who it is. He is a preacher. He was a preacher at one time. He got out of fellowship with the Lord. He walked away from church and didn't want anything I know. I remember as a kid. I remember as a kid. I was with my dad. And they were at the regatta. The regatta used to be in Huntington on the river. We were at the regatta, and they were there. Two brothers were there in the church. One was a preacher, and one was a, you know, he was a Bible teacher or whatever. And they had all walked away from the church, and they were over there drinking and stuff. My dad went over and took me with him and spoke to him. We spoke to him. We left. He said, I just, wanted, I just wanted to speak to him. I wanted to see him. And I remember that to this day. And I remember them not having wanting to do anything with the Lord. And through a series of events, one of those brothers is now pastoring a church. God got a hold of him and brought him back into, and he's pastoring a church. Now, don't ever underestimate what God can do. And just because someone who was once walking with the Lord, they may not be walking with the Lord. If they're genuinely saved, God, through discipline, will bring them back or will take them home. 
That's what the scripture says. And I don't know, I don't know if you're saved or not. I take your word for it, and, and, and that's between you and the Lord. I have to do, that's all I can do. But I want to tell you this. If you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you've repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you this, based on the authority of the Scripture, His death is sufficient to keep you saved. Even if you are an nincompoop. And I'll tell you, all of us are. We are. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now listen to me. Forever. Guys, listen, this is so encouraging because if I could do something to mess up, I would. We've got to move from this place of self-righteousness that we understand that it's, it's all because of Jesus Christ and what He's done on Calvary. We were talking in our discipleship group yesterday how we, the, the saved, we look at the world and we talk about how evil they are and we should really never be surprised at the evil of the world. They're unsaved, they're unregenerate, they don't know any better. What's more appalling is when the church acts like the world. But I want to tell you this, please hear me out. The only difference between us and them is that we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We have been saved. And here's what happens. We forget that Jesus died once for all and that all our sins were covered and taken away. Our sins were not just just covered over. Our sins were taken away. That's what the scripture says. Jesus took away. Our sins away. Number one, that means I don't have to regurgitate and live in the guilt of the past. I don't have to do that. Friend, if you're beating yourself up over the past, stop. Stop it. Quit looking at you. Quit looking at your past. Look at the blood of Christ and what He's done for you. Fix your eyes on the cross. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Not your past. Your past is gone. It's covered. It's taken away. Secondly, because our sins are taken away once for all, I don't have to submit to the authority of sin. I am no longer under sin's dominion. I can resist the devil and he will flee. This is, this is amazing to me. Someone says, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm at work, you know, and, 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 and this... this gal she's just a friend and we've been sitting and talking and you know we're, we're just having lunch you know we're just associates and you know she really listens to me and 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 talks to me and and uh let me just tell you something you better resist the devil and flee i'm not calling that woman a devil but i'm calling the devils after you because you are not that strong you see christian we put ourselves in situations we should never put our situa- ourselves in we shouldn't And then we want to blame everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. No, stop the insanity. Stop it. You are not under the control, the dominion of Satan. You are saved. You are perfected. You stand before Jesus Christ. You stand before God as justified, declared righteous. Live like it. Live like it. Stop it. Christ came so you don't have to be under the weight of sin. You are forgiven. Forgiven means it's gone. 
It's forgiven. So stop that. Listen, I am so thankful that my salvation is not based upon what I do or what I can or can't do. We would all fail miserably. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done. But it's by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that He shed for you once for all. And you that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are being sanctified. You are to be being formed into the image of Christ. You're not supposed to look like the world. Our identity is not in the world. Our identity is in Christ. We're to resemble Christ. I had a fellow tell me he was witnessing to a friend, and the friend told him, essentially, I, you know, I have a family relative who cusses, carries on, and drinks, and acts like the world, and goes to church and shares Facebook pictures of the church, and talks about how great the revivals are and all this, and there's no difference in him and me. Listen, the blood of Christ can overcome that. The blood of Christ is sufficient for every sin in your life. And in my life, we just have to come to the place where we realize that we are under the dominion of Christ, not the dominion of sin and Satan. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote, Can reckon yourselves dead to sin. Dead to sin. Dead men have no responses. You can go down to the local mortuary go in there where they keep the bodies until it's time and you can go in and yell and scream and carry on at that body and that body will not respond to you one bit because it is dead um but i read something that really shook me to the core about this artificial intelligence i don't know if you all are reading anything about it they can read three or four of your this computer can read three or four of your posts and it can, it can predict almost with 100% accuracy who you will vote for. It can read things you have written and it can, it can predict things that will happen before you even do them and you don't even know you're going to do them. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. The longer we're on this earth, the more we keep putting in the social media and social media and social media. And the more stuff you put out there, you are giving yourself away. And in this article, one of the men who was talking about, who studies this stuff, says, listen, at some point, artificial intelligence is going to take over. They will arrest people before they commit the crime based on crimes predicted through artificial intelligence. You say, that's weird. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. A few years ago, they had a movie based on this. There was a movie about it. Now, why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this because, listen to me. There is one who knows more than artificial intelligence. And that one is the Lord Jesus Christ. He died once for all, for all of us. And we're not under the dominion of sin. We're not under the dominion of artificial intelligence. We are under the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been perfected forever. Now listen, there are some benefits to this. There are some benefits to this. What are the benefits? Well, let me read just a few more verses here. Verse 15. The Holy Spirit also witnesses to us 
For after he had said before, This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them. Then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Number one. If you're a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit on the side of you. He is writing His law in your heart. He has given you His Word. You and I need to know His Word. It's crucial. I can tell you this. The times I struggle with my past, the times I struggle with my attitude, the times I struggle with sin are the times when I neglect fellowship with God. I neglect to pray. I neglect to read His Word. I neglect to be around believers. We all know it. Every parent that is worth his or her salt has seen their children hang out with kids that they don't want them hanging out with and their attitude takes on that kid's attitude and then, you know, you got a whole mess of situation. And so, therefore, you don't want your kid hanging out with that kid. Well, you know, adults, the same applies to us. I, I remember we used to say, these are funny sayings when I was growing up. I was like, what in the world? Garbage in, garbage out. You all remember that? Garbage in, garbage out. They always used to say that. Garbage in, garbage out. Well, listen. Guys, listen. We're no longer under that. We, we, we need to get out of that. We need to get all that stuff out of our heart, out of our minds. We're being so subtly, we're being so subtly changed by the programs we watch on television. Now, I'm not, I'm not I don't know if anybody's going to say, I'm just going to say it. And if you get mad at me, I love you. I'm not trying to make you mad. But it is appalling to me. That there's a show that everybody, a lot of people like, it's high ratings, and it's called The Bachelor, where one man and all these different women, it's, 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 it's pure adultery. And, and people in the church love it and post about loving it. I don't read Facebook anymore because I say something and someone says, you read my post, and, and I don't know. <laughs> well, don't post it. If you don't want somebody to read it, don't post it. But I see this and I think, you know, this is where we are as a society. Ever so he sleeps with one of these women, he's biblically, he is married to them. When I stand up here, that's just a ceremony to make everybody feel good. The consummation in the Bible was when the two became one physically the night. That's what consummated the marriage. And we watch that filth and we think that, you know, everything's going to be all right. But we're so subtly being changed. It's okay. You watch a movie and, I mean, for heaven's sakes, Hallmark. If, if, if you're the big city guy, I feel sorry for you. Because you're going to lose to the country bumpkin back home. I'm sorry, I'm just sorry. It's over. You can plan your wedding all you want, but man, it's over. And you know I'm telling you the truth. You all watch them Hallmark movies. And people are so excited. They want them. They want them. They want them to break up so those other people can get together. I'm thinking, are we mad as a society or what? You know I'm telling you the truth. The guy in the flannel always wins. But we're being changed in our minds. And God says, listen, no, it's about your heart. Church, listen to me. What we need right now is we need a good old-fashioned revival. That's what we need. And I'm not talking about sing, having a special singer and a special preacher. I'm talking about myself getting right with God. You and yourself getting right with God. Saying that some of these things that we're allowing in our lives and our minds should never be. It's exacerbating the problem. It's making it worse.
He goes on and he says this. Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Remember that I taught you before? No, never. No, never. No, never. So there are some benefits. Now watch this, verse 18. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there's no longer an offering for sin. What he is saying is when you have been forgiven, it's over. When you have been forgiven, it's over. That's why uh, Colossians, uh, excuse me, that's why 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Forgiveness, it's gone. It is gone. So let me just say this quickly. Three things, three benefits of the once for all work for Christ. Number one, you have been made perfect in your standing before God through Christ's death. You've been made perfect. Now, don't be elbowing your wife. See, honey, I told you I was perfect. No, that's not what it's saying. You have been made complete. You stand before God perfect based on the cross of Calvary. I don't know any of you in here that really, really, really believes that we deserve that. We know better. We know we don't deserve that. We know we don't deserve that. We have, we have been forgiven and we have been made perfect once for all, forever. We have been made, we have been perfected forever in Him. Forever. You're not going to be made unperfect. Number two, your past sins and my past sins are forgiven and forgotten. Stop regurgitating them. Stop dwelling on them. Forgive them yourself. God has forgiven them. You forgive them. Let Him take them away. Let Him take them away. The more you think about it, the more prone you'll be drawn into that sin again. That's why when we confess our sins, we have forgiveness and cleansing. But when we repent of our sins, we stop the, re- the, the repetition of doing them. Repentance. Repentance is not just one time when you were saved. Repentance is ongoing in our life. When God shows us something that's in our life that shouldn't be there, we repent of it. We turn. We agree with God and we turn away from that. We avoid those things. We avoid places of sin, things that tempt us. We avoid it. We run. Uh, Lester Roloff was he was a good preacher, but he's a weird dude. He was jogging in a three-piece suit at one place when he was preaching a revival. He was out jogging in a suit. And so a policeman sees a guy in a suit running down the road, an old man in a suit running down the road, and he thinks something's wrong. So he pulls up from him and says, Sir, are you okay? He said, Doing just fine. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm running. He said, why are you running? He said, I'm running from the devil. And it's a wonder the guy didn't put him in a straitjacket and take him to the hospital. But you know what? There's a lot of truth to that. You know, Joseph, when Potiphar's wife came on to him multiple times, he took off. She grabbed a hold of him, and he took off in that tunic, stayed with him. And she said, look, it's this, this is, he tried to, you bring him into our house this, uh, this Israelite, you bring him into our house, and this is what he does to show us. And he was innocent. But he ran when she came on to him, and guys, he left his coat, but he didn't go back to get it. Too many people go back and say, well, I just need to go get this, or I need to do that, or I got one more person I need to see. Right? I, 